Hello everyone, it's episode 69 of the General Damage Podcast. What's up guys? How's it going? It's going. Yeah. Always going. I, I can hear. <laughs> That's That was an adventure. Um, that is good. Yeah. finally uh, stop being a douchebag. Yeah. At least for well, the time being, right? I hope. I don't, I don't like going through that. Yeah. Not having your full, not having a full, uh, all, all your five senses, not having a full one is the freakiest. Dude, I, I feel you on that. Um, this year when I drove down to, uh, LA for a convention, or for a, a tournament, um, I was sick with a, a cold and I couldn't hear out of one ear for like a week. And, uh, knowing that it was plugged up and, like, driving down and going through the mountains and shit and, like, feeling, like, the different levels of, of like, uh, air pressure and stuff, it'd, like, pop the ear and it'd be like, oh my god, I can hear again, and then it would, like, close up as it would go down and finally, like, on, on, like, our second to last day of the trip, it finally clears up. I, I feel you, man. It is, yeah, is painful and shitty. It's just, it's also one of those relief things when it finally can clear up. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, quick round of introductions. I'm Nick, the fully, can fully hear person. Uh, I'm Will, uh, consistently tired every time, all the time. And I'm Shane. I still got one leg. Consistent five-year-old. <laughs> Consistent pirate five-year-old, how about that? Sure, why not? <laughs> There's a title for you. Um... But yeah, um, figure just get into a few things right now since uh, bullshitting. Why yeah. the hell not? I dropped my list. God damn it! Uh, fuck it. So I know Will, you're a fan, but I don't know if you've been keeping up. Mm. I'm a fan. Um, so Doctor Who, the new Doctor was announced. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see who they uh, who they chose yet. Oh, oh, you did? Oh, wow. No, okay. that, that was one thing, like, I had not... Uh, oh, cool, you'll get your live reaction. Okay. So, so, wait, 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 so you don't know anything about who they chose? Nah, not one bit. Okay, go look it up real quick. Alrighty, I, I, I don't even like Doctor <laughs> Who, and, like, it was the... When it was announced, it was, like, a hundred people on my feed. Easy. Oh, I didn't see that. Well, it was mostly a lot of the news organizations. Well, Nick, I, you called it! Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you called it. Oh, I did see this, and I thought it was a fan yeah. trailer. Oh uh, no! Like interesting. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. The, I'm, the I'm thing was, this. yeah, the th- I, I'm fine with it too. But the thing was, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. I read this huge article that BBC already picked their next doctor, and I forget the guy's name. Have, um, have you guys ever seen Love Actually? No. Uh, yes. Okay, well, Shane, you suck. You should see it. <laughs> anyway, Thanks, Dan. Don't watch it. Don't watch it with your mom, because there's some really awkward parts. Sure. Um, just don't like watch it on your own. Watch it with Ashley, and you'll get one of saying like, "Yeah, this it's a holiday movie, and it does have that warm fuzzy feeling of holiday movies, but there's a lot of tits in it, so it's awkward." If you're watching it with your family. But anyway, okay. The guy that they previously picked, well, you'll know what I'm t- who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That I thought they picked, 
I can't remember his name, but he's in Love Actually. He's the guy who decides I'm going to America because my accent there will be charming and I'll get laid. That's his whole mission. That's his whole plot. Mm -hmm. He's like barely a tenth of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, That's his objective is go to America, be British there, and women will love me. And technically he's sort of correct. (laughs) Um, But apparently they were going to go with him. Gotcha. And on some level, I kind of saw why, because he's tall and lanky, he's a ginger, and, you know, why not? And he looks kind of weirdish. Um, so, yeah, why not go with the weird ginger, you know, another atypical white man? Yeah. Okay, fine. I was kind of, like, resolved to that. Like, BBC, you're fucking cowards. And then all of a sudden, this, this came out of nowhere for me. Like, oh, we're getting a female doctor. Great, fan fan friggity tastic. Yeah, um, uh, it's it's cool that we are considering that the master uh, got remade into a female. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, it's like you, you did it with her, him. You know, you can do it with the doctor. Yeah, uh, I also think she she'll fit the role. Yeah, um, because I've I, only seen one season of Broadchurch, which is where she. Was from, and she's also in Attack the Block, apparently. Yeah, she. I like her role in Attack the Block. Uh, Broadchurch, yeah. she's very good in that. Yeah, and Broadchurch is hard to watch. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, oh my god, okay, here's a slow cut to my wrists. <laughs> it's gonna take an hour. Yeah, let's, let's dig in. A full in. hour. Yeah. But David Tennant's awesome in that, and, and I forget the woman who plays his partner. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know. Jodie Whittaker is fantastic, and, and I think she'll be a good doctor. M- my two concerns are, I don't want the doctor to suddenly become a damsel in stress, which they could easily do, if this, especially if this was an American show. You know you know how I want her to kind of be played like? Hmm. Harkness. Kind of. We don't need to go that extreme. Right. Um, but I think that's a good... Like, to, to, to bring up the concern of damsel in distress... But I think Harkness has the right mix of strong, independent character who still needs people. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it it doesn't detract from who the character is uh, in their entirety. And it's the Doctor, for God's sake. So the the person's going to make, like, pseudo-terrible decisions with super smart decisions. So, like, yeah. having help is good, but yeah, I'm with you. No damsel in distress. Don't do this to this character. It's 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 no damsel in distress. I also, I don't know if you've been watching it in that last season, but Bill has been an awesome character. Mm. Um, she's fantastic in it. And the whole thing is, they played it that Bill is gay. She is, she's, the best way I can describe her is fumbling gay. Okay. By, the, by, that, by that, I mean, she's like, I really like this girl. She's great. And then she fucks up. <laughs> Um, which I think is a great, just character-wise, it's awesome. Yeah. And her, the actress that plays her is Pearl Mackey. But, like, I don't want Bill to come back in the next season and fall in love with a new Doctor. Sure. I feel you Because that, okay, it was, it was fine with Rose, in- but with Martha, it really annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, it was Donna weird. was, 
it was weird. It, Martha was just pining after him, and I just didn't care for it. Yeah. Donna and I was never interested. I just don't like it when the companion is in love with a doctor. It it I'm it bothers me. Fine if it makes sense. Yeah, like we had Rose, and clearly there was uh, an emotional attraction. Like there was yeah. clearly a, a strong attraction. We got to see Rose through two doctors, and like their characters develop, uh, especially with um, with Tenet's uh, doctor. Um, they're kind of like how they clicked and how they work together uh, was very yeah. important. I do love Donna uh, because they were so at odds with each other. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Donna was also the one that kind of told him to shove off a lot of the time. Right, and I think that was so, that was kind that of worked. exactly what was needed, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, Clara, Clara was perfect because she was, like, the true friend and companion dealing with, who who had to deal with a loss. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, Amy's, Amy's initial pining for him, uh, I think, was fine because it was comedic. Yeah, but and yeah, well, yeah, and it was also Smith played it really well because he was a fool, and I like the fact that he constantly asked Rory for permission to hug her. Yes, yeah, I thought that was that was great and clever, and you you got you got this clear uh, defining yeah. of of what boundaries were, especially after they got married, like yeah, where where the boundaries clearly lie, and then he yeah. became more like a brother or an uncle to them. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a cool thing. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want Bill to suddenly fall in love with a female doctor, and I don't want a new companion, a male, to come in and be like this hunky heartthrob who is falling in love with a doctor. Yeah. It's, I, I don't love the doctor. It's like bottom fucking line. Don't love the doctor. Can it, we, that be a rule? It's, it, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like, when, when I think about it more, uh, and I look at, at shows like, Rick and Morty. The Doctor is to some extent like Rick. You don't you don't oh, yeah. love like it's not to that extreme, but it's definitely that level of you you respect the Doctor for who the Doctor is. You don't fall in love with the Doctor because you're gonna break your heart on it, and it's not worth worth pining over yeah. or, or prolonging a, 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 a non bow. Yeah, and I would say the difference between Rick and the Doctor. Rick, if say Rick was a Time Lord, mm-hmm. he would basically hit like you know the whole thing with the with the Doctor is he killed quote unquote his whole race, billions of people. Um, he wiped out the Time Lords, yeah. and he's he's constantly dealing with that over his two thousand years of living. He's constantly been dealing with who he has killed. Yeah. And he's emotional about it, and he hides it, but he still—it still hurts him. Rick wouldn't give a shit. Well, actually, Rick, Rick would, would know. Rick would announce it. Opener, he he killed the Society of Ricks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that, he that's literally exactly did what the I'm Doctor saying. Who thing. He was like, he just he fucked up a government of himself. Well, not only, <laughs> yeah. not only did he fuck up that government, he also fucked over the other, like the 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 other government. Oh, you mean the yeah. space yeah. government? Yeah, space government. Yeah. Yeah. Though I think yeah, that so. is a good rule of thumb for a character who is as prolific. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, because it's like, what was it? It's people can fall in love with people. People can fall in love with heroes. People can't fall in love with legends. 
Right. Yeah. Like you, you just can't. Yeah. And Doctor Who, at this yeah. point in time, he's like a legend. That's how prolific the character has become. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he's he's in that. In that that's correct. That's actually the best way to sum it up. And like you know, if you were to make a list of rules in science fiction, you know, we'll just go down the list. Only Batman can brood in DC universe. Superman's always a Boy Scout. And we don't need the origin stories of Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man. Or Jesus, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've all seen... And we will talk about Spider-Man. By the way, saying this right now, this will be kind of a spoiler cast. Yeah. So if you have not seen Spider-Man, uh, we're going to tell you to shut off the podcast at some point. Yeah. Go, um, go step out for a while. Go get a snack. Go step out for a while. Maybe... For a couple hours, buy a ticket, go see Spider Man, yeah. and come back and finish the podcast. Go do the that thing won't you be for a minute. Done yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, and and the the thing is with going back to the doctor. Um, the thing is, like you know, people are hating. There's a lot of dumb stuff being said out there. Like, uh, like you know, R.I.P. Doctor Who. How can like how can a Time Lord become a Time Lady? Well, they've proved it several times in the show that it can't happen. Uh, yeah, and and again, the most the most like kind of uh, recent trope of that was the Master. Yeah, it was the Master, and there was also an episode where I don't know if you saw the episode where he's like punching through diamond. Uh yes. And he winds up in the Gallifrey city, or Gallifrey itself. Yeah. And he shoots that general, and the general regenerates into a woman. Yeah. And the general says, like, oh, good, I'm finally back to being a woman. Yes. Like, it's been proven, and and this was pointed out in a video I watched, that Matt Smith, when he became the doctor, he grabbed his hair, pulled it down, and went, I'm not a ginger yet. Wait a minute, this is really long. Am I a girl? Then he touched his chest. No. Yes. <laughs> so, you know... It happens. I, the only thing I've seen about the new Doctor Who announcement that kind of made sense was a mm. lot of people kept on exclaiming, "Oh wow, this is a huge first time in science fiction to have like such a strong female lead," and then everyone's like, no. "Everyone's like, there's Ridley, um, there's okay. Ripley, I'm, I'm, there's Sarah Connor, yeah. <laughs> there's Captain Janeway." I'm, I'm so it's about fucking sick time. Of that. That, it's that, yeah. like, like I, I've seen that since uh, Wonder Woman. Like, yeah. oh man, yeah. we haven't had a, had a strong female uh, lead before. And I'm like, motherfuckers, I, have you not watched the Alien? I think like, I think when it comes to them? superheroes, Wonder Woman definitely Damn. is a mold breaker. But in science fiction, yeah. The thing is, like we've said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Sigourney Weaver is the queen of sci-fi at this point. Like, oh yeah, Sigourney Weaver is like she, she, and Carrie Fisher as well have played major like female roles, like strong female roles. And this isn't to knock the actress playing the new Doctor because that's awesome because that's mold breaking for the Doctor. But don't discredit all these other actresses. Sixty-two years. Oh yeah, yeah, there are plenty of other women that have 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 filled those shoes before. Um, just so, be thankful that there are more that like we get to see. And what was it last week? We yeah. were talking about how great it's going to be to see a Furiosa podcast. Uh, not podcast, just a prequel. Fu- yeah, yeah, exactly. a Furiosa podcast. Exactly. So someone posted this. I think it was on Facebook or Instagram. It's like I love how someone's like constantly saying that like it's how groundbreaking it is for uh, Doctor Who to finally have a female Doctor. 
when Star Trek did this 22 years ago, and it's a picture of Captain Janeway. Oh, it's like, I was gonna say, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, motherfucker. Like a lot of people, for some reason, I I don't get it, but people don't like Voyager. I really liked it. Voyager I thought it was, was an interesting good. concept. It was really good. Like, um, if, you say, if you don't, if you didn't like Enterprise, I ain't gonna fight you on that. That show well, took a dive no, halfway through. No one's gonna fight with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's it's it's. It's unfortunate that constantly like, people are constantly saying like you know oh this is groundbreaking and stuff. I feel the people who say that it, who say it's it is groundbreaking it like it is groundbreaking, but not for the reasons you're saying it's groundbreaking. And for a lot of people who yeah. discredit any like of the great female heroines of sci-fi, it's like you know you really you really don't like the genre that often that because. There's yeah, a you, shit ton of you them. Clearly, you clearly aren't following it. And it's like, there are many... Bo- there are much more in terms of books that that you have uh, major female uh, leads than uh, you do in, in movie or film adaptations. So it's like, yeah. it's you know, you may not even... Like, most of these people won't even know it because they probably, A, don't read, or B, pick up the... Pick up books of that. Type. Was it so, was it Mary Shelley uh, credited as the first sci-fi author? Anyway, yes, yeah. So like people, yeah. really, what the hell? And if you don't know who Mary, Sh- if you don't know who Mary Shelley is, it's Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. She wrote Frankenstein. Okay, get a fucking education, please. Oh God, we're pretentious. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're <laughs> not pretentious. pretentious well informed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, I think we're a bunch of nerds who really like sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but I, I, yeah, I like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, like, the two strongest women in sci-fi, in my opinion, were Ripley and Sarah Connor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Especially Sarah, Sarah Connor in T2 is just, just, she's a Terminator her, in her own right. Yeah. Um, I mean, she does, she almost does become a Terminator in, like, half, in the second, at the end of the second act. Yes. Um, when she tries to kill Dyson. But, yeah, it, it, it but at the same time, it's like... After a sixty-two year wait, we finally have a female doctor, which is great. When the and FY, by the way, also the creator of the Doctor of Doctor Who was a woman. So there we go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, finally, getting their due then, and that is yeah. And she's constantly said that it's, it's possible for the for the Doctor to become a woman, and she said that in eighty six or something. Like, hey, this could happen. So yeah, if anyone says rip fucking... Doctor Who, I'm not even a fan. But if anyone says rip Doctor Who, shut the fuck up. Yeah, go fuck yeah, yourself. Just shut the fuck up. And like, you don't have to watch the show fuck... anymore. We're all co- we're all copacetic with that. Yeah, <laughs> someone said this like uh, it was a counter to it, which was like it's like what you know what will little boys do if there's not strong like you know male role models out there like the Doctor? Well, there's 36 seasons of the Doctor's past you could watch. <laughs> Not to mention every other superhero movie out there. God, yeah. right? Throw a stone, hit hit a male actor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, we DC finally breaks the mold with actually having a uh, um, a good female-led superhero movie with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Marvel won't hit that, and hopefully, it's good until twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen uh, when we have Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is a real Marvel shame. Marvel started all this, which is a real shame too, because Black yeah. Widow really deserves a movie. Like she does, man. But I don't know if we're ever gonna get that one yeah. now. But uh, to to I want to segue some stuff in. Yeah. So, 
Will. So, have you ever watched? Um, it's this Doctor Who biopic. It's about how the show got started. I don't think I have. It's it's called uh, Time and Space. I think that's what it's called. Doctor Who: A, a Story of Time and Space. I think I've like I've seen it. Uh, yeah, floating in the ether, but I've just never watched it. It's really good, and it's also kind of like you tear up at the end. I'm, I I kind of did because of how it ends. Um, and you see that the, this actor that they got to play uh, William Hartnell, um, the first Doctor, who's also who's played Argus Filch in um, Harry Potter, and he's also in Game of Thrones. And I'm going to get to that in a second. Second, that's going to be the segue. So anyway, because he really looks like William Hartnell, David Bradley, who who plays the first Doctor in, who plays William Hartnell in uh, this biopic thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So the season finale ends with the Doctor landing on some planet that's like frozen. He steps out of the TARDIS, kind of screaming. He doesn't. He's basically saying he doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to die. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And then he hears his voice, and out of, of this fog, it's David Bradley as the doc, as the first Doctor. Mm. So, so you have basically the twelfth Doctor and the first Doctor meeting, <laughs> and that's gonna and that's gonna be the Christmas special. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah I saw. Sorry a if little yeah, bit sorry of if that. I yeah sorry if I spoiled it for you. I should apologize. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's gonna be an interesting Christmas special with. Number one and number twelve, partnering up, I guess. Yes. Um, and the fact that they got an actor that can look and sound like Hartnell, I think, is a good thing. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but to segue into something else, I wanted to talk about uh, Game of Thrones premiered this last Sunday. Yep. Um, and apparently it broke records. <laughs> kind of not surprised. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised too, but it broke records and it was, it was fantastic. But the thing is, I think since season, I'm gonna say four, they always started the first episode. Usually, they just kind of launch into the credits and the sound, yeah, and the music. But they always kind of start with like something else. Like season four had this whole thing with um, Tywin. Was that was that season four? I don't know. It had Tywin melting down Ned Stark's sword ice into two swords. Um, and doing all the stuff, and it just kind of like, you know, an ending. It basically kind of saying Starks have ended, kind of like this finalized thing. Yeah. And, the, you know, and this one kind of ended with something just as heavy, but like more chaotic. So in the show, Arya, who's the awesome little girl that can kill a bunch of people. She in the in the end of his last season kills Walter Frey, who's played by David Bradley, who's a disgusting old man, and he runs House Frey, and he has a fifteen year old wife, and he's ninety eight. She kills him, slits his throat, and she has this magic where she can take a person's face and like tear it off, kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like Mission Impossible style. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's more magical. So, but you, she literally has to cut strategically the face off, and then she can wear it and look like that person. Creepy. <laughs> it's it's creepy. So, so it's she's basic. You know, it's her because you saw what happened in in this season finale. 
and this is a season premiere where she's acting like Walter Frey and she's, you know, giving her all her, her the family a feast. And then she snaps, and then as Walter Frey snaps the fingers, and all these uh, maids go around and pour wine, some special wine, uh-huh. in all the goblets, and she basically does a toast. And they all start drinking the wine, and then all of a sudden they start coughing up blood, and she basically kills the whole Frey family. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's a massacre or genocide, but the Freys in Game of Thrones are fucked. Uh, that would be more of a massacre. Genocide is yeah. more on a larger scale more, than that. And doesn't I mean that's yeah. like political uh, strife between families and like yeah, uh, that's true. killing off an entire. That's definitely one way to get rid of the competition, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's get it was it was two things. It was getting rid of the competition and getting revenge because she she basically said it in the beginning of the thing like you killed a woman while she was still pregnant. You killed a mother of five, you know, you killed a king You when you invited him to your home as a guest, which is, like, really against the rules, mm. and all this other stuff. So, it was just, like, you know, a really, like, this is how this season's gonna be. <laughs> um, and it was great. It, there was, like, a, kind of a lot of nice things that happened in this episode. I wasn't expecting any twists or people to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was it was a, it was a fairly good episode. The funny thing was is after murdering people, Arya has a nice moment where she meets up with some Lannister soldiers who don't know who she is. And the funny thing is, these aren't murdering, raping, ugly Lannister soldiers. They're just regular guys who miss home, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. And one of them's Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently people didn't like that and was harassing him so badly that he shut down his Twitter for about 24 hours. I don't know why people care it's that back much. back up now. Yeah. I don't know either. It's just... Like, it's everyone's, everyone's like, oh, I, I thought it was really funny. I was like, uh, what was it? Arya's like, nice song. And he goes, it's a song that's never been uh, sung before or something like that. And yeah. he's like, but you could buy it here yeah. at the latest marketplace. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let it go. He's a talented singer. He's somewhat famous. Let him have his cameo. And also, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking that's a hard. The, Game of Thrones is a hard show to have a guest star in. Yeah, it really is. I I mean, like, okay, they did it. They, I mean, he wasn't at a place. He was pale. He was a ginger. He looked fine in the armor. Yeah, he, he didn't really have having that much speaking lines. Yeah, he uh, two the, other the soldiers. Scene. Yeah, yeah, two other soldiers spoke mm-hmm. most more about anything else. One spoke about how he wanted the baby that his wife gave birth to to be a girl because girls take care of their dads when they get older, while boys have to go fight some king's war. <laughs> Um, which is kind of funny, yeah. considering that John is now saying, who's king of the north, he's basically saying, we have to train everyone. We can't fight this war with half the population. Train the women as well. Interesting. Uh, which everyone looked at him like, no, we can't do that. And then the best character since from last season, um, Lady Mormont, stepped up saying, yes, we are. Mm. She's 10 years old, <laughs> telling off. 60-year-old men. It's fucking fantastic. Um, But yeah, so Game of Thrones, it premiered. It was awesome. It's gonna be a hell of a thing. Uh, this, The next six episodes. Gotcha. Because some of these episodes are gonna run for like 90 minutes. Damn. Mm. 
Yeah. So see what see what's gonna happen because I know there's gonna be some epic battles in it soon. Game of Thrones, the seven hour movie broke it up into seven parts. Actually, at this point, it's sixty one hours. Oh Jesus! You're gonna count if you're counting this premiere is the next hour so by the end of this season in hypothetical terms it's going to be a total of 67 hours but you can probably you know add an hour here and there if they have like two or three 90 minute episodes mm. oh god you uh, can't marathon that shit no you can't i mean hbo does they they run game of thrones for like a couple days straight but yeah, it's it's ten it's ten episodes per season mm-hmm. until this season, which is only going to be seven. Jesus, seventy two hours is three days. Yeah. Yes, Jay. Yeah, it is. Jesus, <laughs> well, just doing... have you ever? Did you? <laughs> wow, Shane, you sound you sound way more shocked. No, I'm just trying to think of like, because that was my thing with Game of Thrones. It's like, huh, maybe I could marathon it. Just like. Because it's oh, it's semi interesting. It, like I kind of like the first season. It was Shane. You can totally marathon it. Do you need sleep? Uh, well, I was gonna be a bit more reasonable. And say yeah, you can binge it. Like you can probably watch a couple of episodes a day. Yeah, like that's the thing you though. Know, like it's that's but at that point that's more of like a viewing plan than a binge. Like. Well, watch anywhere between. I don't know what you consider a binge. Watch anywhere between two and four, or. Ten, all ten episodes in a day, when you know you'd waste ten hours. Well, actually, depending on if, how you feel, if it's a waste of ten hours. Actually, no, that's wrong. I I remember the last time I did something like this. I binged all of The Wire. It took me four days. I watched. Uh, I man, watched basically I, I, like a season a day. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get into The Wire. Yeah, but like it's the same thing. It's like about twelve episodes yeah. a season, an hour long each hour to 40 minutes yeah like it, it the thing is if you're dedicated yeah i can eat up the time i'm just thinking of like because game of thrones goes all out like with their time slot yeah i mean they they use every minute they can of that of that hour um i think the longest episode they've had recently was 75 minutes and that was a big battle that was an attack at cast that was a battle of castle black mm-hmm. uh, um that was one or two seasons ago um but yeah, so the thing the thing that I'm excited for is the battles that we're gonna get is finally gonna involve Daenerys, her army, which consists of a hundred thousand call and like thousands of unsullied, and then fighting Lannister soldiers. That's gonna be awesome, especially with a dragon the size of a seven forty seven. Yep, that'll be pretty dope. Sad's like yeah, she's got so. the winning team. Yeah, well, well, when whenever you have air support, yeah, when you have a fucking dragon, yeah, three. I oh mean, yeah, that's right. She once she rides. Yeah, she's got three. Once she rides, it's the yeah. black one, right? That's like the one named after her son. No, uh, well, it it is the black one, but it's named after her husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Drogo, uh, right? Yeah, Drogo, yeah. who's um, who's played in the first season was played by Jason Momoa, yeah. who is now going to be Aquaman. Or who is Aquaman? I mean, who is going to be a fantastic kind of, Aquaman? Who, yeah, I think he kind of fits the bill. Like Downey fits the bill for Iron Man. Which I think it's even funnier that he's playing 
he's playing Aquaman because he's the king of Atlantis and he was on a show he was on Stargate Atlantis. Atlantis as Ronan who's a great character yeah so yeah it all comes back on dude itself. I remember watching yeah. Stargate Atlantis and I was like why do you watch him like this this guy named Ronan check him out yeah <laughs> dude it doesn't matter about anybody else it's just oh fucking Ronan he doesn't come in until like what the second season of Atlantis yeah uh no I thought it was farther than that that was like well, yeah, I, season three-ish, four-ish. Because I, I know I couldn't stand the first couple seasons of Atlantis. Yeah. That's <laughs> fair. Well, the problem is um, Atlantis was basically like the first two seasons where, hey, let's see how many times we could cameo people from SG-1. Oh, and yeah. it was just like, yeah. stop, well, please. I don't want this. It was it was that, and it was also the uh, really smart guy. Oh, um, uh... I God. forgot his name. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Rodney. But Rodney, yeah. yeah. Oh, pretentious as that piece. fuck. I love this it, it was like, okay, you can be pretentious, but like, give him Asperger's or something. Like, like dub him down in some ass, some fucking way. Because I can't stand this piece I think, of shit. honestly, it was just his vocabulary uh, was the worst part. Yeah. Everything was like a Webster Merriam Dictionary super grade word with him. Oh, I just wanted the major to pop him, like just hit him once, put him in his, put him in place, just pop him once. You're right, Nick. Uh, season two. Oh, you see, he comes out in season two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, episode called Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he is. Yeah. Man, if you want to see, look at look at Jason Momoa in Stargate Atlantis, and then look at him in Game of Thrones. It's a fifty pound difference. Oh, easily, <laughs> easily. Yeah. He, he and it's funny. It's like there's certain shots in Game of Thrones where Amelia Clark is standing next to him. You know, she's she's Daenerys, and it's almost comic book like <laughs> with the size difference between these two people. Because Jason Moe is well over six feet, Amelia Clark is average about five something, five four. Yeah, and like she just looks like a pixie. Yeah, he he easily doubled up on like muscle mass. Oh yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, so, um, I just, man, I really like Jason Momoa. I don't know if that's gonna get me in a seat. Oh yeah, no, uh, it's it, hard. It, you you know, uh, if they do if they do an Aquaman spinoff, I'll probably watch that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I I, I probably would. Um, uh, I I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd be willing to suffer through through that than a fucking. Uh, the uh, Justice League movie because it I just it does not look good <laughs> no matter how you so, know like, it. what I might do uh-huh. is if if the if the Aquaman introduction is within the first twenty minutes of the movie mm-hmm. I'll buy the ticket watch it until that scene happens get up walk out get my money back problem solved. Because you could get your ticket refunded as long as it's within the first twenty minutes of the film. <laughs> mm. These facts are true, Shane. You are not wrong. Yeah, Jason Momoa is six four. Jesus Christ! Which is about the height of Ben Affleck. So, wow. I forget Ben Affleck's tall. Yeah, he he's tall, and it's it's interesting because when you see him and Damon next to each other, especially in a movie like Dogma mm-hmm. or Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah. It, it almost seems that like Damon's really tiny, but he's 
He's close to six feet, if not six feet. You know what's funny? Those four, those four extra inches just make a person look massive. The way I think about it, with um, Ben Affleck being six four, I always mm-hmm. think he's shorter than he actually is, and it's the reverse with like Tom Cruise. Everyone thinks he's taller than he actually is. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's only like five eight or something. Amelia Clark is five two. So five foot two versus six four, six foot four. Yeah, she's gonna look like a pixie. Oh yeah. Oh shit, she's my age. Amelia Clark. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's eighty six, like me. Um, though I'm older than her. Just different month. Uh, October. Ah. Yeah. So. All right. Um, but before we get to the real meat of it, oh shit, I want to ask Shane a question. Sure. But that might take up a minute. I just wanted to ask this real quick question. Are you still playing For Honor? No, but there's a, there's, no, okay. but there's a reason for it. And it's not game What's related. What's the reason? Uh, what? Other games? No, so the problem is when I play For Honor, uh, because it's really slow and grindy with the combat, I tense up right. the muscles of my neck. Uh, and that gives me tension okay. headaches. And this is... Basically, it's just not healthy, so I had to stop. Wow, I've never heard anything like that before. Okay. Oh, yeah, attention headaches just when the uh, muscle in your neck goes through your temple. And... No, I, I, I get that. Oh, yeah. I've just never heard a game doing that. It's not necessarily the game. It's just I get too focused into it, and I okay. didn't feel it at first. And then Ashley pointed out, she goes, no, you're literally flexing the muscles in your neck as you play this game for no reason. Would she walk by and put a hand on your shoulder and was like, what the hell is wrong? No, she would look at me and realize, like, why I was, like, heavy breathing and, like... Because, you know, that game, while it is really cool, the problem is with the combat is you and those one person are just standing there, waiting for the other to make a move, moving around each other. And you're, and you're yeah. trying to time to flex and shit. Uh, question, are you playing the game still? No, but I should go back. And now I'm I, sad because of all the games I have to play. I heard that they did some updates to the connectivity. I have not. I don't know. I think, but I think I got about sure if that's just only on Steam. Hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I might fire it up. Um, I also have like ten other games to play. <laughs> Honestly, I want to go back to the game because a while ago they released the um, the Shinobi and the um, the Centurion. Uh huh. And those look like cool classes, but. It was just like uh, I ra- I'm actually feeling better that I'm not playing the game. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I gave myself a little bit of a scalp slash nerve damage from doing that from the tension headache. So it's like I I de- I've learned my lesson. I'll hey, do that's in a moderation. Good not to go back to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, before oh. we get to Spider Man. Yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, Del Toro? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, we haven't seen a Del Toro, like an actual just Del Toro movie in fucking forever. Um, Was Pan's Labyrinth the last time? It was either Pan's Labyrinth or Golden Army, where it was like the last movie I remember just him working on not like him and his department helping out with a movie to create visual effects um but we got a great trailer that when i first saw it all i could think of um was bioshock Um, yeah very bioshock that's exactly what i started thinking about and 
if you haven't seen the trailer for Shape of Water, go see it. It is it is awesome. Um, our main protagonist is mute, mm-hmm. and which I think is really interesting. I think it's great. Like I think it's very cool, and the fact that. And the, the setting, I think, is also what lends uh, it to feel very Bioshock-like. It's uh, early 1900s um, feeling. Uh, it has it has some elements of a noir setting, but like I got the I got 40s feeling. I, yeah, like ni- 1940s. Yeah, I, I can definitely get that vibe. Um, I also get like Darkman kind of vibes to it, mm-hmm. but not nearly as advanced as Darkman. Um, but yeah, it's about this deaf woman who works in, is a janitor or an assistant? I'm not, like, what would you say she does? So, um, the movie takes place in 1963. Oh, okay. Okay, Which is, which, you know, it still fits because they're wearing 50-ish clothes. Yeah. Um, so, I'm I'm looking at, like, the little thing. Uh, Uh they don't say what she does, but she's kind of like a janitor, is what I picked up. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and the company she works for uh, caught a mer person. I think that's the best way to describe. Yeah. Like again, I, I saw that character. And I'm like, oh shit, it's Abe Sapien. Is yeah, yeah. Ape I was like, I was like, what they do to you, dude? Well, you know, when I looked it up, I'm like, Doug Jones. He's gonna be playing someone in makeup. Oh, hey, look, there's yeah. Doug Jones. Well, so, so the the other reason, like. You know, I, I I thought, oh, it's Abe Sapien. I mean, we have this this like person in this tub, but also the whole egg thing. Yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, she laid out eggs, and that was one thing that like Abe liked was like very like rotten eggs, basically. But you know, this this creature is you know picking up the eggs, uh, and she's communicating to the creature in sign language. Uh, to create a sense of, of language between them, and I guess they are able to communicate. It's, again, you don't see a whole lot from the creature side. You see yeah. maybe the eyes and the silhouette, but you don't see too much, and I think that's been really good uh, to not um, not show off too much. But you definitely get the sense that her interacting with it is not in line with what the company wants, and she gets maybe a little too close to the creature to the point to take it away from um, take it away from the f- facility so they won't experiment on him. It, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what struck me with this trailer. Mm. Michael mm. Shannon is the bad guy. Yeah, he's played he's played bad guys. Before. No, I know that's the thing. I was like, uh, like I was like, okay, so. When I saw Michael Shannon, uh, immediately I was like, "Okay, so we have our antagonist. Is he yeah, gonna do? Yep. Is he gonna do the Michael Shannon march and then he does it down the hallway where he's got like blood uh, on him?" Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, like I like Michael Shannon. He plays a great villain because he does it so often. But like, he's his personality seeps into like what he does. Like, yeah. Mm. Like, like if you look it, at some of his uh, stuff before Superman, because most people recognize it now for Man of Steel. Yeah. Go look yeah. at those characters. Play the back on uh, what's his name Zod. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's kind of like similar mannerisms. Even though the characters don't talk the same or anything like that, it's just you could tell it's Michael Sheaton. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, actors abound of you know what they can do range wise. Yeah. So, 
Um, to give you guys a little hint of what Del Toro has done directing wise, uh, he's done a lot of writing more than directing. Right. Um, Hellboy was 08, the Hellboy two. Yeah. Pacific Rim, he directed that in thirteen. Okay. All right. He directed he directed an episode of The Simpsons, which I have to find in two thousand thirteen. Interesting. Um, he did some stuff for a video game about Pacific Rim. Sure. Um, there was, they still credit the Silent Hill thing before it got taken away. Okay, cool. Um, he did two episodes of The Strain. Yeah, which is an interesting, um, thing. <laughs> that sounds like a show yeah. you work on. Yeah. Um, Crimson Peak, he did that. Oh, right. that's right, I saw oh. Crimson Peak. That was, that definitely had his style over it. Yeah. Yeah. He directed two episodes of Troll Hunters, which is, I think, a show on um, Netflix. Yep. He's helmed to direct Pinocchio. Okay. Oh my God! That'd no. be that'd be cool. And a, and the next thing he's he's directing is The Shape of the Water. You know what's gonna happen in that fucking Pinocchio the movie? Shape of water. Pinocchio's gonna what? be like Papa. I would like a heart. And then Geppetto's gonna open up the wooden chest and put in a human fucking heart. <laughs> that <laughs> would be fucking creepy. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well. What else are you gonna do with the motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, I I love Del Toro's work though. Like, it's his style is yeah. so easy to spot. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I forgot he directed Blade too. He did. Oh, it's like one. He it's like one of the best blades. Yeah, no, it's if, the, if the good not one. The only good blade. It's a good one. Yeah. He he, he literally made a movie every two years up until. After Hellboy, he was absent for about five years, directing once. Okay. And also, he's cameoing in uh, Death Stranding. Yeah, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Well, I mean he he's been he's been wanting to do more for games as of recent years, like you know, yeah. have have more a hand of that because I think that is kind of the next the next leap for him. Uh, you know, movies. Uh, he has a pretty good grip on it games are kind of like that next level of entertainment that you can kind of you you the constraints are different um, yeah and i think he likes to challenge himself yeah. also he, he i don't know kojima all that well I've, like i barely played that many kojima kojima games yeah. mm-hmm. but i think he probably found a kindred spirit with him i wouldn't uh, be surprised definitely. if they were fucking pen pals <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, I think they're friends. Yeah, they're they're kind of styles on on ver on the kind of like grand scale of things of how like in depth and intricate and neatly woven and kind of deranged and strange. Uh, I definitely think they they kind of understand uh, each other on that level uh, and where they can kind of like support each other because they do have different. Uh, different feels, you know. Kojima's very uh, <clears throat> uh, entangled stories. I think is Kojima's kind of kind of bread and butter things that are kind of like multiple oh, layers, boy. and uh, and then like yeah. has has a single string at one end and a single string at the other, and you're dealing with a knotted ball. And yeah. and um, I like to think like uh, Del Toro is very much a visual storyteller. With a lot of his oh, pres- yeah. well, he, creations and stuff, yeah, he loves his practical effects. Yeah, like you, he loves his weird monsters and shit. So. You like with with Del Toro, you can just kind of like 
look at some of his stuff, like his creatures and characters, and get like a real sense of who or what or where they they are from, uh, without like any words spoken or any like backstory needed. And I think that's uh, I think that is because he spends a lot of time thinking about that beforehand and then just going well here's makeup apartment let's make this boom throw that character in great they're just an extra perfect you understand what they do <laughs> just yeah. by them walking around and interacting a bit i've yeah, ever seen sure. a little documentary on hellboy mm. and mm. he was very particular about the um the left hand yeah oh he, yeah well yeah i wanted to be faithful to comic. yeah he was like it's great. gotta it's got he, he was like it has to be perfect if it's not we're not using yeah. it yeah and I, you know, I appreciate that so much. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if we're done with Del Toro and stuff. I think so, yeah. 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 I just realized another trailer premiere. I don't want to talk too much about it. Okay. But I'm definitely gonna go see it. The Disaster Artist. Oh yeah, that. That that per, that that we had that te- it was a teaser trailer essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't know anything about the Disaster Artist, apparently that it's it's gonna be about the making of this movie that is infamous in the world called The Room. Uh, and the best way someone described it as the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Uh yeah. It's definitely Um, something. Yeah. It's oh yeah, it's a watch. If you've never watched The Room, do yourself a favor and watch it and then be excited for the disaster artist. (laughs) Oh man, it's so worth watching the room. Yeah, it is it is worth watching, but be prepared to cringe the entire way through and you have to have a couple of buddies with you. Yeah. I mean that you have to you can't watch that movie by yourself because you have no one to look at. <laughs> and you need someone to look at and go what You know, you know what, what got me about the room was before what? I ever saw it. Um I was like I was out in the middle of public somewhere and someone had their ringtone set to that one line where he's like you're tearing me apart Lisa <laughs> but, but I remember hearing that noise and I was like what the fuck kind of ringtone is that right Yeah. and then yeah. someone's like well you have to see the room right Like, and later on and I see that scene and I was like oh god the flashbacks are real seriously yeah oh my god and, and yeah so the disaster artist is coming out and uh, Tommy Wusso who, who, who's responsible for the room is the kind of person I think there is a million of in Hollywood. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, that that's what I think. Uh, you know, because for every great person, there's probably a million Tommy Wusos. Easily. So, um, All right, well, hopefully... and he's one that crawled up, uh, crawled out of a crack. So, well, hopefully, we'll get some more on what goes on, like a real trailer. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. No, granted, um, if you've seen the room, you kind of already know how that shit show's gonna go. Well, okay, there's there's a couple things. Well, you should watch The Room, there's a documentary about it, and now there's going to be a feature film. Fucking, like, watch that epic weird trilogy. <laughs> oh my god, it is a trilogy. <laughs> it It is kind of this weird trilogy. Oh my trilogy. god, it's um, the movie, the documentary, the parody. Yeah, yep. exactly. Okay, Lisa, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> anyway, t- uh, for the next probably 15... Probably 20 Maybe 20 ish. minutes. 20 ish minutes. Uh, we're going to be talking about 
Spider-Man. Yeah, so if you've not seen it, now is your chance to turn off the podcast and skip or skip to the end. Right. Yeah. Can I start off on this one? Oh, by all go means, ahead. go for it. Can I just say that Tom Holland is a phenomenal actor? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, like, yeah. Not only did he sell, you know, oh, look, I'm Spider-Man, right? He mm-hmm. sold uh-huh. being a kid who has fucking superpowers and who has no fucking idea how to use them. And that was excellent. Yes. He he, he did that and he sold being a kid with superpowers who is still asking parent, par- parental figures for permission to use oh, them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's also still afraid of his bully in Flash. Yeah. When he can easily just pick Flash up and bend him into a pretzel. I yeah, love what really. they did with Flash. What? I love what they did with Flash. I, I really like what they did with Flash, too. I read an oh, article on that. They did really well. Oh. The yeah. article was really simple. Uh, it was basically, the director was like, listen, Peter Parker is the victim of bullying. The thing is, bullying has changed. So therefore, to make bullying work, I had to change Flash. He's, yeah. Still, yeah. he's still at the core, he, everything that Flash Thompson is, but he just doesn't beat up Peter Parker and throw him in lockers. Yeah, he doesn't beat up Peter Parker, and he's not a jock. It's interesting that they basically made Flash within Peter's circle. Yeah, of of, of quote unquote friends. Yes, um, and that that I think is neat. But yeah, it it was fantastic. I I think it was real. It was like it hit the ball out of the park. And the thing is, I that I watched this little video after I saw it, mm-hmm. and apparently Marvel had a couple stipulations about doing spider-man one they didn't want uh to have spider-man swinging around manhattan we've seen that in five movies yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna do it again smart (laughs) and and they also said we're not gonna show uncle ben's death also smart those were the two huge stipulations and it worked do you know what one of the most masterful scenes in that movie is what? He's running through the fucking golf course because there's no trees. Oh, yeah, because yeah. there's there's nothing to, to swing around. Yeah, he's in the suburbs. What is Spider Man without tall buildings? Yeah, seriously, he's he's a dude in a leotard <laughs> like, running through a golf course. I love it when he's like, "Oh God, this sucks," and he just keeps running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It was fantastic. It was deaf, and it was like everything was on point. Ned was great. I love Ned. Yeah. Um, I love it when he finds out, and he found out earlier than I thought. I was oh, yeah. happy you did. Yeah, I just love that little montage where he's like, he just kind of like comes into the frame, like he, he, the 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 camera is focused on on Peter, and he just kind of comes into the frame slowly, like a creep, and goes, "Can you summon an army of spiders?" <laughs> that that was so... one of my favorite ones. He asks. I like. Yeah, I love Ned as a character. Because mm. even though his best mm. friend is Spider-Man, right, and he's allowed to know, and all this crazy shit's going on, Ned's still only a high schooler. Right. Like, yeah. And, like my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is just him going, "This hat was lame." <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also the other line, which is like, "But we have a Spanish quiz." Yeah. <laughs> the the, cl- the clear lines of of what is an actual priority. Uh, is, yeah. is is kept very well that you're you're 
you you never forget during the whole time that they are still just high school students that they still have yeah they have this kind of important I, thing that they need to do i loved that i like how he yeah. introduces himself when he's got the little uh emperor palpatine oh he's like oh yeah you help me build my lego death star <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, uh, that was so cool because like i remember being in high school doing dumb shit with my friends like that yeah, yeah exactly most of us in front of people who thought you were a loser when you did it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but like one of the things that I thought was interesting was uh, they kind of explain this in the film a little bit, and they, I saw, again same video I watched. Mm. So the only reason that Tony got drafted Parker into the Avengers was to basically make it so that none of them would go full out uh, with their strength. Yeah. And, like, he, he, he immediately says that to Peter about Captain America. He says, if Cap wanted to lay you out, you would have been laid out. Yeah. Um, but he did that to dilute them a bit. Which is so smart. <laughs> Which is very, very smart Stark. on Stark's point. It's yeah, it's very tactical. Yeah. Can I say, I fucking love the Vulture... And Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah, Michael exactly. Keaton Hol- is spectacular. Holy crap! Finally, in like a run of Marvel villains, we get one that actually you care about on the same level that that, that same feeling you get when you watch Loki. You get watching the Vulture. That yeah, you clearly on his intent is clear. Uh, you know. The the kind of peril that these characters are placed in is very clear. Um, it just it felt so good. Yeah, what do I credit that to? Smart. Mm, I what? credit to when they introduce him because they start off the movie with him at the Battle of New York, cleaning up right yeah. after it, and then immediately yeah. once he gets fucked, it's not oh I guess I'm just gonna bowl around. No, it's literally eight years later. These guys fuck with alien technology. Yeah, and I'm like right and success. Successfully, yeah, and that's fuck that, basically. That was so good for yeah. the character because it's like, okay, so we've already established that this guy has had eight years of being a fucking internet, like a, a arms dealer with alien tech. Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. That is a dangerous person. Oh yeah. Did you like? Def- did you like the twist? I love the twist. The twist was amazing. I oh my god! It was yes. one right before the reveal. I was like, holy shit! It's her dad. <laughs> like, like the second before the door opens, like, oh my god, it's it's her dad. Holy shit, that's so good. Can't... I I thought it was gonna be a hostage situation right away, but then all of a sudden he's he started to be jovial and stuff and joking around with him. Like, oh my god, yeah. The car ride <laughs> is the masterpiece oh. sequence of that film. That's so yeah. good. That was that was some like great use of color, great use of camera angles. Very, it had some sense of noir almost. It was. Oh, yeah. God, the the tension you could cut it with a knife. It yeah, did... it it's oh, it was one of the best scenes in it. Uh yeah, Michael Keaton killed it, and and especially the mid credit scene as well. Oh yeah, that also spoke that also spoke volumes to his character. Ah, uh, seriously, um, of who he is. God. He like he 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 doesn't want to go all out, but he wants to go all out. Dude, you know what I mean? It's it's he wants to be the one to. 
fucking doing Spider-Man. No one else. And I was like, shit. He, like, really? He got, says, I didn't get that vibe. Oh, I got that vibe that he's the one that gets to kill Spider-Man, no it one feels... else. No, I, I well, <laughs> in the mid-credits scene, I got the vibe that he's like, no, I owe him. That was basically him saying I that I owe him. Oh, I got the feeling. I got a, such a different feeling of like mm. if I if if there's anybody who's dealing with Spider Man, it's me. The rest of you fuckers can stay away. I I, I yeah. have mixed feelings on it because it's like it could be either or with Michael Keaton the way he portrayed it. Yeah, but there's yeah. definitely one thing that as a as an actor that he did was it was the part in the car where. Peter's about to get out and he goes, Hey, I just saved your life. What do you yeah. say? Yeah. And, and I was just like, Eddie, you could have fucked that line up so easily. That yeah. is, that yeah. moment is like such an intense moment and it has to be done with the right amount of like Veta, but it has to be casual. And he just, he just does it so well. Well, what's, what's great is like you, we, the audience, see him grab a gun and has it like, in the passenger seat, so not enough people can yeah. see it. And it's there's there's clearly like a, a moment where it's like Peter could die. Peter could die any moment, and and he like Keaton's vulture gets to rub it in his face of like, hey, you get to live, man. That's great. Look at that. Yeah, like that's that's so fucking scary. Um, and I think what does help the situation is we are dealing with a young Spider-Man. We are dealing with a kid who's super vulnerable in adult situations where, like, our casual... or our cavalcade of uh, superheroes that we have seen would, would, would kind of... We know what they would do. Yes, there'd be fear, but there'd also be, like, figuring out what to do. And, you know, Peter, there is clearly that. But there's also, like, a strong level of... This is a kid who's put in a very scary situation... Who could just fucking take a bullet right here, right now, and and yeah. Keaton's character wouldn't bet an eye at it. Uh, would not be remiss if this kid was dead. <laughs> and that's scary. It it actually yeah. that whole scene struck a parallel to the first Spider-Man movie, if you remember. Um, uh, are you talking about the car ride with Uncle Ben? No, no, I'm talking about the um the Thanksgiving dinner where there's oh, that uh, where uh, Willem Dafoe and he... Tobey Maguire have the stare down. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't I, as I, I intense, think this, but it definitely yeah. was reminiscent of that. I think this scene's better. Oh, no. This it, scene was... It was, it was reminiscent. This scene was better were, because were he was a kid. Higher. Yeah. Yeah. He was a proper Peter Parker. Yeah. I will uh, say, he, though... Unlike a wooden Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I will say this, though. There was one other thing that really drew um, the Vulture out, and that was kind of like... It, we saw the Vulture... Right, not he just he's not just a bad guy who flies around, right? There's actually mm-hmm. a method to the character and the design. Yeah, like he's yeah. like when he robbed that truck, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh god, that makes so much sense. The whole design yeah. of that that suit right there makes so much sense now. I I I will say I I love I have loved Marvel Marvel's approach to these movies is let's see if we can make this within the current means within practical means. And that design for Vulture, the fact that it looked like, uh, you know, a high altitude, low orbit, uh, you know, setup. The, the I love that he has a bomber jacket on, uh, and then that that mask um, to basically, you know, he is going he's going a lot faster. He needs something to supply him with air. Uh, that 
even the like the wings, the fact that the 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 uh, the tips of the wings could function like as scissors or kind of like fing- extra fingers in a sense was just like very cool and, and something that with the old version of Vulture you would not really see. You'd see some no, weird, some, creepy he, dude. He was an, <laughs> yeah, he was an old man in a bird costume that is similar to something that Wile E. Coyote has worn. Or something you'd see straight out of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, so it, I, this this Vulture was definitely better than a Mr. Burns in a, in a <laughs> suit. Yeah. Can we talk um, about the dash but, of Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, that was the right amount. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, he did not it was overpower this movie. Yeah, I, he, he had the right amount. I, him and and him and Hogan. Yeah, uh, John Favreau. I I do like the kind of father figure vibe that is in there. If if not like the shitty father figure, <laughs> like yeah. clearly, clearly like oh yeah, you know he wants he wants Peter to do well and not fuck up or fuck around or do anything stupid or you know what just don't touch the spider-man suit I, peter I think it, run I think around it, and do your normal thing <laughs> it was really good when he was like i want to be like you and he goes no i need you to be better yeah, yeah. that's such a good line yeah there's two things i want to talk yeah. about um and there, actually there's a lot of things i want to talk about i want to talk about one how i loved how the world was in peril which is fantastic yeah but the other thing i want to talk about the two two the two things i want to talk about are donald glover's character yeah Yes, and uh, Karen, the AI suit, and what that meant for 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 Peter as as the original Spider-Man. But Donald Glover, like when he came on screen, and he all of a sudden like um, Karen when she when he packed into the suit, or he held, had Ned hack into the suit, and you know he could all suddenly speak to to to, to it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I really like that, she, the suit AI. I think that's yeah. yeah really I, I love. I, I like how I he love the called suit it suit lady for like four scenes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, suit lady. I need but a better thing, name than suit lady. Yeah, but the thing that I liked with uh, with uh, Donald Glover's character was one. Yeah, he was a criminal, but then he said his name was Aaron Davis, and my brain went off. I'm like, okay, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. And then he said, "I have a nephew. Oh, yeah. I don't want those guns on the streets." And I'm like, "Oh shit." Oh shit! Did they just confirm? And then I looked it up and I sent the link to Will. I'm like, "Yep, they confirmed it." Yeah. Um, I like it. At some point, we're gonna get a Miles Morales. I like that, but also I like how Glover said one line. He goes, "Listen, I did a gun for a holdup, not shooting people through time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Glover's Glover's whole approach through all of his scenes was terrific. Like he's he's kind of chill, laid back. I liked how he was talking to Peter, going, "You've never done this before, huh?" Yeah. And they're talking about the grocery store. It's like too much bread. I like bread. This <laughs> is great back and forth, and I loved it. But the fact that he's Aaron Davis, who becomes the Prowler, and he's Miles Morales's uncle. Yeah. It's like, oh my god! It's like the third Spider-Man. Are we gonna get Miles Morales, dude? It- like it is holy possible. shit, the potential's really high right now. Yeah, yeah, and but the the other thing is, um, from what I heard, after the whole Infinity War, after the battle with Thanos, the next Spider-Man movie is basically gonna be Peter going into his junior year with everything that happened in the battle with Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, jeez. 
So he's going to be a 16-year-old kid with more than likely PTSD because he's probably going to watch a few people die. Yeah. And he it's going to be dark. So there's going to be something within all of that. It's going to be a totally different MCU. And I think they're looking at Marvel. They're looking at Spider-Man to probably Helmet. So, yeah, it's gonna the next Spider Man is gonna be really interesting because we're gonna see a very different Parker. We're not gonna see an eager Parker. We're gonna see a holy shit! I've just been through a war. You know what? And that that's gonna be interesting, character wise. You know what's really funny about the interaction with Glover too? Was like (laughs) he pops up and she goes, "Oh, you want to go into kill mode, right?" Yeah. He's like, no, 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 I, I don't want to kill much. She goes, okay, then how about intimidation mode? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great. I The, the two things I loved about the suit was, like, a lot of people were complaining about, like, well, you know, Spider-Man makes it. Well, it's not that kind of Spider-Man. I'm fine with Stark making this suit. Uh, it adds a certain level of, like, grounded in, in reality, because Stark helps make all the Avengers suits. Yes. So why not make Spider-Man's suit? Um, well, also, I he's love the a fact 15-year-old that, kid. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. But I love the fact that they... Because this was pointed out in a video where in every Spider-Man movie with both Maguire and Garfield is... Near the end of the film, the mask is torn to shreds just so you can see the character emote. Yeah. And in this, we kind of sort of got that. We got that at one point. Mm-hmm. But we got a lot of emotion... Because of the eyes and the fact that the eyes could mimic and do all this cool shit because they were kind of robotic. Yeah. And I love that. And that's basically taking an advantage of what they did in, in the comic. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. So I was really happy with and And Karen also allowed the fact that Spider-Man is a very talkative character. <laughs> he constantly talks to himself. Yeah. yeah. But this is great because he's actually talking to someone. Yeah. Sort of. He, and Jennifer Connelly, who voiced Karen, is perfect. Yes. It was great. He had an outlet, which was great. And he, he got to vocalize a yeah. lot of the things that, like, may even be on the audience's mind. What was um, it? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I remember that, like, once he hits adulthood, right? Spider-Man always hangs out with that one gargoyle. I think he named it Bruce. Yeah, yeah like I know. Yeah. What you're, I, I, yeah, in 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 the cartoon. Yeah, the cartoon. I, remember, they do I know it a few bit about. of the comics where he just sits there on this gargoyle and he talks to it. Right, and of course you're always like, man, that's such a weird thing to do. It's just he's fucking lonely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he's lonely. Who else is he gonna relate to? Right. There, there isn't anybody um, that like he can't he can't really, really talk with the Avengers about his problem because they're too old for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. There aren't a whole lot of there aren't a whole lot of teen superheroes to basically commiserate with. Well, I know in the comics, at least in the Ultimate comic books on um, the ones that people hate for some reason mm. which is where miles morales comes in um he does hook up with kitty pride at one point yes. but there's no mutants in this marvel universe so yeah okay but yeah, oh, yeah. I, I i don't think he's gonna be hooking up so, with any uh any other superhero um what's up there were actually a few hit it technically they're not real cameos but they're kind of cameos um did you notice that the girl who was the student news reporter, she's actually a character no. from the uh, the Daily Bugle. Like, they show her name on screen. Oh, sh- 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But she's not like a major part of Peter Peter Parker's life, but she is one of the characters that he will interact with at the Daily Bugle at one point. If he even gets yeah. the Daily Bugle. Like, he doesn't I mean, have we're, to. We're also dealing... Yeah, he doesn't have to. We're also dealing with a Spider-Man and a Peter Parker that could... I mean, he like towards the end, he could have easily just gone to that press conference and say, "Hey, I'm 15 and I'm a new Avenger." Yeah. Um. So we're we're, we're probably gonna be dealing with that. Well, there was so. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I wouldn't see him having ending, to do it. Ending was perfect. Um. Yeah. But there is one other character that they taught. Like, the character didn't get a name, right? But someone mm. pointed out that if you look at the background of a few different scenes where like all the students are walking around mm-hmm. there's yeah. a girl with platinum blonde hair that's pretty much white and right. everyone's like oh is that Felicia mm-hmm. the girl who becomes Black Cat oh oh I thought you were going to talk about Gwen Stacy I don't want to see Gwen Stacy I don't want to see Gwen Stacy but I would love to see Black Cat <laughs> yeah maybe but, but the thing um, is it's like it's kind... such a minute thing that like I don't think it's anything but the fact yeah. that someone's like, well, that character's hair is awfully white for a teenager. It's like, ah, okay, I can see what you guys might be doing, but... Maybe. I think that's kind of grasping. I mean, like, because Marvel loves to plant seeds and, you know, sprinkle things everywhere, and I think that's just people grabbing at everything they could. Probably. I, it, um. it, it's... It definitely would feel like overkill if they, like, go that go that far end up. But it's it's possible that like the there were intentional things. Well, uh, uh, the guy who got we... jacked up at the end of the movie, the one with the Ed credit scene with Michael Keaton, yeah. that's supposed to be the Scorpion. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, he's a Scorpion. Yeah, that's on his neck, scorpion. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that when he was on the boat. I didn't get it. I didn't yeah. see it the first time, but after I saw the credit sequence, I was like, ah, ah, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's that's going to be interesting whenever that comes around. Um, was was there's there's so many other things I would like to talk about this. Oh, can I bring up something real quick? Yeah, I, it was it was great. Oh, yeah. It was a great film, yeah. I, and it it really knocked it out of the park. I mean, I was happy to see a clumsy Spider-Man, even yes. with web slinging. That was great. So, um, definitely. When I was watching it with Ashley, oh, what was it? Yeah. Yeah, when Aunt May shows up, because that's another thing I want to talk about. Yo, Aunt May is great. Aunt May was awesome, but at the first scene with Aunt May, when she walks in, she goes, "Hey, the turkey's not really working out. You want to get like Thai food?" Uh-huh. Okay, I was like, "Huh, that seems oddly familiar." And then she's sitting down with Peter. They're talking. She's, you know, great character by the way. Yeah. Ashley looks mm-hmm. at me. She nudges me a few times. She goes, "It's your mom." And I was like, "God damn it! Why'd you have to go and say it?" Because I already saw it. Like, okay, I, I've I've met I briefly met your mother, so so Ashley couldn't make that. Ashley's been living here, and so she well, so, yeah, so yeah. she's got to see my mom's mannerisms, the way she dresses, the way she talks and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was watching Aunt May, and I was like, "God damn it! It's literally my mom," <laughs> because you know she's kind of laid back, but she's also kind of super stressed. She's mm-hmm. gestures a lot. Right. And the thing about the food, my mom does that shit all the time where she's like, hey, this isn't working out. You want to get something else? And, oh, and, okay. I, oh, and I saw oh. that and I was just like, it's really interesting because it's like, Ape isn't like a super pivotal character, but she's really the foundation of Peter Parker. 
she's yeah. a foundation of him specifically. And so it was cool to see Aunt May be relatable in that sense. It was cool to see Aunt May who's aunt who's an aunt and not a grand aunt. Yeah. Cause the last Aunt May we had, um well not Sally was it Sally Field? Yeah, Sally Field was the one in Garfields. Yeah, she was definitely an aunt, but the one in Toby Maguire was definitely a, like your grandmother's sister, essentially. Yeah. Um, which was fine. It, but she also became the wise old woman most through most of those films, and it just got tiring. Uh, whereas, like, I, I don't know. I didn't really like the Garfield ones to begin with. Yeah. So, though she it. actually had... I, I did see one scene with that where she actually yelled at Peter because he was obsessed with his dad. And she was like, I was the one that raised you. I was the one that helped you go, you know, that dropped you off at school, picked you up, fed you, clothed you, and here you are still pining after someone who left you on my doorstep. Um, which is probably the great scene out of those two movies. And they're not great movies. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I really like this anime. And I like the fact that everyone thought that she was the hot woman, the hot older woman. <laughs> that was funny. Um, it, yeah. yeah, and w- it was a great scene that the the grocer says something. I think it was in Italian about, like, you know, she's that really hot woman. Yeah. And then Peter immediately speaks the same language and says, how's your daughter? No, no, he <laughs> says that she's the really hot Italian lady. Yeah, the really hot Italian lady. Um, yeah, he said yeah, Spanish. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Also, I, uh, what he puts on the new suit, or the the old new yeah. suit, like that was pretty cool. That was a perfect way to end it. Oh wait, wait, the old new suit? Uh, or are you talking about the what he puts on the suit Tony gave him when he gets it back? Right at the at end. the end. At yeah. the end, that yeah. ending was so solid. It was great because it's like oh. Because it, it, it harkens back to the first Iron Man. You know, like, here's Tony who broadcasts it to everyone in the world because he is he's a public, huge public figure. Yeah. Who he is. And this is, who's he going to broadcast to? No one's going to give a shit. Well, the only one that really, really, really would give a shit is me. Yeah. And that was perfect. And I love her reaction. And it's just, boom, credits. That's going to add some weight to the Infinity War. Yeah, we yeah, were saying is. that uh, when we were leaving. Yeah, it's going to add some major weight. Um, I want to talk about the last credit scene. Oh, God. Which is, which is, at this point, it's pretty much Marvel and Disney going, chill. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I fucking love it. We probably won't get an Infinity War trailer until Thor, though. Uh, probably not. Chris, Chris Evans, he... He must love dicking with people to go along with that, like, because he was he was yeah. in the uh, educational videos at the school, which, yeah. by the way, I love yeah, what the throughout. I love what the coach is like. I think this guy's a war criminal, but this is what the state says we have to show you. Yeah, yeah. A, I love that. So good. The 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 coach was Hannibal Burris, and he's a stand up comic. If you wanna, he has a great bit about like um a Starbucks interview, and it's like. So why are you applying to Starbucks? What what what, what brought you to Starbucks? Says, Bitch, I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's like perfect. That's why anyone is applying to Starbucks. Hanelverse is great. He's a great character, and he's 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 a character. He's a great comic, and he's a great uh, 
apathetic, I don't give a shit gym coach, which I've had before. So. But yeah. Um, nah, I mean. I, yeah, I love this film. It was great. It it's solid. It definitely was very good, um, especially since we've had some pretty subpar uh, Spider-Man movies prior to it. This definitely yeah. makes up for many years of just kind of mediocre movies. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Sure. I'm not sure if I think this movie is as... Um, like, right now, my favorite Marvel movie is Civil War. Sure. Um, okay. But I really like this one, and I think it's definitely a close second. I actually say it's probably just as good as um, Winter Soldier. Like, in terms of storytelling and, like, the character development. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And the best part it, is it, def- it didn't need a prequel or a uh, setup movie. I mean, it, it didn't need an origin movie. and I th- Yes. And I think that... I'm done with origin movies. Yeah, and... And that I think is what what makes it better is they can craft a story without having an origin movie because our origin movie was about twenty thirty minutes in another movie. You know, so, actually, he technically had it an origin of sorts when he's in that little home movie at the fucking beginning. Yeah, sure. exactly. That's what we're talking. Oh, about. I love that. He's just like, oh my god, this happened. Yeah. Oh, and they just threw this truck. Oh my god, that guy's huge right now. It was very. It was very much a kid. I'm going to sound like an old man, but it's very much a kid, especially in today. Mm. Oh, yeah. They're always on their phones. They always want to take selfies and record shit and post to social media. And that's exactly the way he was. Yeah. He was recording everything. Why the fuck not? You know, some people constantly say, oh, these kids take too many photos and they put themselves out there too much. Fucking take your goddamn photo. Like, you know, capture the moment. Why the hell not? And that's what he was doing. And he was capturing these epic moments. So... Hat, that was perfect. I thought that was perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It. it, it ugh, we can it. keep going on about, it, but my last statement is just going to be about, hey, what if Paltrow's back? Yay. Yeah, that was that was kind of a nice surprise. <laughs> um, it was also a nice surprise that Tony just kind of played it cool and like, yeah, sure, that was a test, total test. Yeah. I'll I'll go go to the car. We'll we'll meet you there. No, not a test. But a happy I... was happy was like. Go away in the car, champ. Yeah. I love that little relationship with Happy. I was happy. I thought to see Happy was there. pretty much <laughs> Happy. Happy was a bit of a dick for most of it, but yeah, I mean, it turned out pretty good. I mean, he had he had such a great apology scene. <laughs> yeah, true. Like he recognized he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and and how how uh, how happy was that? Uh, fucking Parker's just. You know, did his own thing to some degree, even though it wasn't the the best decision. It still was a yeah. good decision, nonetheless. According to the, uh, they showed a bunch of footage of Avengers mm. um, at D twenty three, and uh, Spider Man is going to be in that suit in that film. Nice. So, and they also apparently Thanos is going to be holding Thor by the neck and throwing him into something. So, oh no, poor Thor. Poor Thor, but yeah, oh man. Surprised by none of that. No. Eh, man, if I'm just worried if they can't get Thanos right, it's just it's the, it's a bit of a worry cuz they can easily fuck that up. Um, it is. 
I think I told Will this in the theater, but I think the next movie I'm looking forward to in the Marvel lineup is Black Panther more than Thor. Even though Thor is the next in the rotation in November, I that trailer for Black Panther, like I want to see Black Panther. Uh, Black mm-hmm. Panther is going to be so cool. I yeah. that trailer is very good. Uh, yeah, I just need I need to see another trailer with Thor. I need to see you know more. Yes, that's that's my thing. Yeah, both both have had only one full trailer. What? Uh, both Thor and Black Panther have had only one full trailer. Yeah, they yeah. Um, but Thor also had a bunch of stupid ass teaser skits. Ah, uh, I think those can be overlooked as being like. It's just too much marketing. Yeah, I think that's that's just too much marketing. Yeah. I I want like another kind of meaty. Uh, well, we had. Yeah, we had a teaser, and it, it, boom, there's the Hulk, perfect, we're gonna get kind of a Planet Hulk movie as well, great, I wanna see the next trailer to tell kind of what the story's gonna be, and that's what the second trailer usually is. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think the next two, well, man, there's too many movies, but there's too many games. (laughs) (laughs) I think after Thor... The Shape of the Water is probably going to be high on the list. Dude, definitely uh, Shape of the Water is definitely my... The movie I'm looking forward to in the future that's non-superhero related. Non-superhero and non-Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely going to be compelling. Oh, real quick. Mm. Something... I don't know if you saw Astro's Facebook post. Valerian comes out Mm. this Friday. Yes. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that Doug Kirk is the only movie that's going to be out in IMAX in the U.S. In the U.S. or on the East Coast? The U.S. Um, Valerian isn't getting an IMAX premiere. Mm, that seems kind of lame, considering that how episodic it looks, like how not episodic, how cinematic and visual so it wants to be. It's getting it everywhere else but the U.S. Oh. Uh, the director was like. We found out that Christopher Nolan has a July 21st IMAX premiere date, and uh-huh. we're not going to be able to muscle in on it. But that doesn't matter, because Valerian's mostly a European fan base, is what his argument was. Mm. I mean, so, it is, that is actually true. Like, I'm not... Yeah. It, it's... I, I will say that does suck ass, and that is kind of, uh, kind of bullshit, but I, I will agree with him. He's not wrong. Most people over here don't know anything about Valerian, or if they do, it's a very like it's a very small community. Yeah, um, I think that is lame. Um, I was just like fucking Christopher Nolan, really. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It's also the difference between like Christopher Nolan is also very non, very practical effects, and he's all about using the seventy millimeter for Dunkirk. Yeah. yeah. So, which, I mean, kind of works in that film's favor. Well, yeah, Doug Kirk was shot with IMAX in mind. Yes. Uh, Yeah, Valerian and Laureline, French. I'm I'm super stoked to to see it whenever the fuck that is. (sighs) I would like to see it, too. It's not high on my list. I think the next movie I really, really want to see is War for the Planet of the Apes. Mm. That also looks Uh, good. Um, I, I I think it's like... I think for me, Valerian is 
just just pushes uh, uh, above war, um, but it's just barely. Yeah. My problem is I feel like I need to see war in theaters because I haven't seen any of the Planet Apes in theaters. Right. And I feel like if I don't do it, it's going to like I'm going to blink and it's going to be out on video. Yeah. <laughs> It's possible. I think for a lot of these, I think for a lot of these films, that's what I feel like, and I want to see them in the theater. I want to see them on the big screen. Mm. I want to see, I want to see War on the big screen. I want to see Valerian on the big screen, and I want to see Dunkirk on the big screen, whether IMAX or not. I want to see them where you should see them. Yeah. Um, which is a big ass screen, because these are those movies that need it. Uh, but yeah, that's my opinion. Um. I think we should wrap up. Yep, sounds like a good. Apparently, I have the last word. Fuck it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to iTunes. Uh, you can go check us out on the blog if you're on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Hey, you know, if this is Facebook, just give us a comment, please. Please do. Yeah, give us a comment and a like. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned. There's more coming from us down the road. Yep. Yeah. All right. And with that, we are out. Yep. Yep. Later. Deuces, y'all. Later days.